Ladies and ge ge gentlemen. That's right, the big dick is here. Get ready. May we start? Hello all, welcome to another Tasty Tuesdays Talk with Zebra and Jeebs. We have another wonderful show for you today. I am Zebra, and I am joined alongside with me, as always, Miss Jeebs. What is going on, guys? You know what's up. How are we doing today, Jeebs? It's a beautiful day. It the weather's is. nice. It's a good life. It's a good life, good lighting, good, good life. <laughs> good life, good lighting, good everything. And uh, we're just going to get right into it, as usual. And we have, I'm excited to introduce who we have. She, we brought her back on. She was in one of our previous shows and we just wanted to get more deeper into the Kashik Records. And her name is Jennifer Soto. Hi there. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. And yeah, how's everything? When you are in the flow state, things happen rapidly and change comes. And when you go with it, you open up horizons that you didn't realize were coming towards you. And that's what's been happening the last couple of weeks for me. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, for anyone that, that's tuning in, uh, Jennifer was in our show um, a couple weeks back with uh, with Don George, um, as well as Esu, yeah. DJ Freddy Fresco. Oh, yeah, and DJ Freddy Fresco. And, um, you know, they shared with us um, and enlightened us with, with some information in regarding to, um, you know, spirituality, uh, specifically the Kashik Records. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on today, you know, going into more in depth as to, you know, what it is, because it definitely left me with some curiosity. It usually for, does. It usually yeah. does. Do you want to start that up? And I'd be happy to. Yeah, explain. I'd be happy to. Explain for Jeebs. <laughs> yes, what is, what is the Akashic Records? The Akashic Records. Well, as they said, my name is Jennifer Soto, and my galactic name is Dear Hugh, and I am manifesting on Earth as a galactic warrior here to expand love, compassion, forgiveness, and gratitude on this planet so those suffering can find joy in the midst of chaos and live soul's end for life. And that all goes in with discovering ourselves through the Akashic Records and finding out the nuances of life that some people stumble over for years. I stumbled on my nuances for 50 years. And when you clear up the conversation you're able to move forward with confidence and really really come into who you are as an individual on this planet that leads us into a conversation about energy and how it works and what are the akashic records and the primer 101 is that the word akash or akasha in sanskrit really refers to the ether the ether of the universe which many people don't know what that is Mm. but when we're talking about the spirit realm it is the place where energy is stored We have an energetic signature, each individual. And if we go even further back to energy, vibration, and light, all that is in the universe is represented through vibration, which creates a frequency Mm -hmm. that generates energy. And energy at high rates and low rates can create actual matter without going into quantum physics and the science of it all. In essence, that the vibration, the energy, and the light of the primordial universe created mass that became disorder. And at the Big Bang point, which is the point of reference that most people understand, that explosion caused chaos, which then is now where we live, which is still chaotic, if you ask me. Mm, True. But as energy and vibration and light combines at a frequency level, that energy cannot be destroyed. It can be reused and repurposed, but it can't be destroyed. 
and energy leaves a signature everywhere it goes. So if there is a repository of energy, let's call it a card catalog of the library where everything that happened will happen and can happen is registered in the card catalog. All you need to do is find the catalog, open the drawer, pull out the card, and you know what you're looking at. Mm. And so the Akashic Records is that electronic, if you will, or energetic repository for information that is, is put out by humans, by plants, every living thing in the universe, which includes crystals, uh, air, clouds. Everything is vibration, mm-hmm. and vibration is the foundation of life, and it's also the definition. If you look at a table right here, energetically at the quantum physics level, the very, 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 very tiny level, there is vibration. It's mm-hmm. very low because this table is static. It's hard. It's not going anywhere, but there is vibration. So everything in the universe has vibration, which creates energy, which writes its signature on the Akashic Records. Any questions right So now? just to clarify, so it's more like as soon as you know, energy is put out, it's basically set in stone in the Akashic Records. If set in crystal, I would use the term mm-hmm. crystal. So. And there's also every potential in the universe is already existing. And we'll go into a, a little bit of a conversation about the space-time continuum. Mm-hmm. But in the planet that we're on Earth, we live in a duality. There's the North Pole, the South yeah. Pole. It's what Chinese culture considers yin and yang and male and female. So for one, there's always another. Einstein's theory of relativity also explains that for, or the first law of, is it thermodynamics? Is, I think so. Um, for every action, there is a like or reaction. reaction. And so when you have energy that goes out there and registers in the universe, it goes into a continuum. <laughs> Only on the planet Earth do we live today, at this time, in this place, in space. Mm-hmm. So I am here horizontally, I'm here vertically, I'm here in time and space, and that makes it right here, right now. Humans look back over their shoulder and they see yesterday. They look forward and they see tomorrow. We can look in the distant past and the future. Yet, outside of the human experience, all time is in a continuum. It's in a big circle. So at this very same moment in our theory as humans, We are living on this date, at this time, at this place, but we are also in the universe in the same place as 1900, 2 million years ago. All of that energetic signature and reality is in this depository. So it's hard for us humans to understand that because it's not something that we can Mm -hmm. conceive of because we're limited by our human understanding. Yet at the same time, when you go into the Akash, the Akash holds an energetic signature of everything that is historically happened, is happening right now, and all the potentials for the future because it's all knowing. As we manifest here on Earth as humans and we have our experience, we are expanding universal consciousness. And that universal consciousness also gets stored in the Akashic Records and it also goes out into the universe and affects everything out there. And when you are in the Akashic Records as a practitioner, you have access to unending information. We don't ask yes-no questions because that is a linear question. We don't ask, you know, will I get married in a year? Because there's no time reference in the Akashic Records. And so in the Akashic Records is the place that we can find nuances, we can find details, we can find traits from past lives, we can find out what is our best, what is to our highest good in this life, and how can I get there, what do I need to do? When you work with an Akashic practitioner such as myself, we receive the energetic message in the form of, in our intuition, if you will. And we take that intuition and we put it into verbal form so that you can understand it. 
sometimes when I'm reading a client's records that'll talk about some esoteric theory that I don't have any idea what they're talking about, but it it hits my, my client right on the head because they know what we're talking about. It means something to them. But as, as a practitioner of the Akashic Records, I'm excited to help people really get the answers to questions they don't even know. They don't know what they don't know. And they don't know what to ask. And they sit mm-hmm. wide-eyed and, and say, you know, so what's going on? Tell me, tell me. And, and that's fine because we sometimes don't even know what we need. And when we do think we know what we need, we're asking for something that we have no business asking for. The Kaushik Rexers doesn't always give you exactly what you're looking for, but it definitely gives you what you need. Sometimes it takes a little while to integrate that information after your records read because you don't get it. And when you ponder it and you think about it and your higher power and your intuition are activated, then you can start thinking, oh, that makes perfect sense now. Now I get it. So it can be very nuanced, and it can also be direct and right between your eyes. What does Akash mean? It means the ether. It's, that, it's the, the actual... It's the ether. It's the Sanskrit representation for ether. Okay. Or the, the unknown, the cause, not the cosmos, because the cosmos really refers to astronomy and astrology. But the Akash is the, the never-ending repository of energetic signatures. So how long has um, this has been around? People, um, people Since before, before what we would consider the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. Because before the dawn of time, although we, like I said, we can't understand linear, anything outside of a human linear thought process. Our experience. But if we talk about forever, as a human, it's scary. When I was being, you know, when I was being raised by my parents, they talked about when you die, you go to heaven, you live there eternally. And I thought to myself, what the heck is eternal? I don't want to yeah. live eternally. Well, what I don't, are you going to do? I don't want to play on a harp for eternity. I can barely wait till Saturday when we go to Disneyland, much less. <laughs> what, what is forever? And it scared me, and I didn't want to think about it. But outside the human duality, forever is really already all, all that there was. And when we are able to step out of the time zone of the human experience, we realize it's that constant hum that when we're super quiet, we're not making any noise, we're just sitting and understanding, we hear that, that hum that's always there. That's the vibrational energy of the, of the earth. And beyond that, there's an even more beautiful cosmic hum, which is the vibration of all the cosmos. And when you get into other dimensions, now we're going to get into other dimensions, fifth, tenth, unlimited. Even quantum physics is saying they've identified hundreds of dimensions that are out there. But here also, it just depends on your level of consciousness and how you tune in. And so when we get out of this vibratory pattern and we get into the Akash, all things that ever were, is the same as saying they always were. There was never a beginning and there's never an end because in a circle there is no beginning and there's no end. It's something that just is always there. Mm-hmm. And that's how the Akash is. When you're talking about that hum, have you ever heard of someone being put into a, a soundproof room mm-hmm. and the longer they're... They, sound deprivation chamber. Yes. I've done the those. The longer they're in, they're... the louder the noise. Mm-hmm. I, I did a sound deprivation chamber with... Uh, with Emily Harrison of the Akashic mm-hmm. Academy, and she she guided me in there. And where's she from? She's the director of the Akashic Academy, and it was through Emily I found but her. Where's it based? She's in Reno, Reno, okay. Reno, Nevada. And um, when I stumbled upon the nothing is by chance, there's no coincidence. Mm-hmm. But as I started walking down the path of my enlightenment, people come into my field, and um, I met a gentleman in Oceanside with a good friend of mine, Alice, and we were just lumping around and. And met this gentleman who ended up explaining to us what is, not vibration, but 
that there is something out there. We're seeking, and everybody's path is their own, and there's no book, there's no one plan, there's, no, there's nowhere you can go that's going to tell you how to walk your life because it's the walk that teaches us. And he said three things to me. He said, read the book, The Un- Untethered Soul, listen to Cryon as channeled by Lee Carroll, and keep your eyes open. And so I went to, you know, I left there and started listening to the cryon channelings by Lee Carroll. And he started talking about the Akash and the Akasha. And I thought, well, what's the Akash? So I Googled it and up on my computer came the Akashic Academy and I clicked on it. And it was Emily's Academy of how to learn to to read the records. And it took me about six months to get to a point where I could really settle down and understand and direct my attention to do that. But I entered her her class, her classroom, and... uh, Everything came alive, not instantaneously. It is a process. But by learning to read the Akashic Records, I found the answers that I needed. And I, Emily was the first one that read my Akashic Records. And it was amazing and uh, life-changing and informative and, and painful. Painful at the same time. Growth can be beautiful and it can be slow. It can be fast and it can be painful. And when you go through it, you go through your reading and you come out on the other side and then you listen to it and you listen to it and you listen to it. You see things and hear things you didn't realize. And then you look back, you know, I've looked back at it a couple of times and I've seen everything that came up has been explained and, and exploded in my life. And I will forever be grateful for the path that people have set me on and pulled me on and called me to because it has led me to an unending amount of information that has, you know, it's almost like... Um, what would you say, a course corrector. It's a cor- the Akashic Records is a course corrector. And you may think that you're doing a really great job and you get on a reading and you, and you realize, oh, wow, a little turn to the right, three degrees to the right, and your trajectory is in a completely different direction. And you save time because we all know the shortest distance between two points is going to be a straight line. And if you're going straight this way and then you have to turn left to go that way, you're taking more time. But if Mm -hmm. you can shift your trajectory just a couple degrees, you get to your point a lot faster. And that's one thing that Akash can do. I'm wondering, so when you're doing a reading, are you hearing voices? Is it just coming out? What? That's a big question, yeah. Like, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? I mean, give us the process of... (laughs) Well, the process of of going into the Akash is unique and for each individual. Mm -hmm. And there are ways that, you know, you learn to go into the Akash. And nothing is actually set in cement. I have had many times where I don't go through the whole entire running the energy from the the north to the south. But the prescribed method that I follow is to go into a light meditation where you have neutralized yourself. You do some deep breathing to bring your energy into a place where you can control it and you're not going to be reactionary. And then you you use visualization, which is very effective in, in meditation. And we call in light. We have a golden light that comes down, and we pass it through our various chakras. We connect energetically and intentionally with the all the way down to the womb of Gaia in the center of the planet. We run that energy back up into the Akash, and we connect energetically. And this is done through intention and visualization. And that hum I was talking about earlier that is a universal global hum is the, what they call the primordial ohm. It is the sound that is the only sound that there was prior to anything. And again, I'm speaking in a human linear terms. But this ohm is the primordial sound that we can intone when we want to communicate without saying anything. 
and it's like a silent prayer. But if you, you can tone your ohm in your head because consciousness matter and consciousness goes out into the world and affects change and can create matter. You can say it lightly, you can whisper it, or you can go into a full, deep-throated ohm and hold that as long as you want. And so after you sound your ohms, then you open your Akashic records. And, and for me, the process is a light, jovial smile when I say and the records are open because I know that all information is now at our, at our fingertips. And what I feel is a shift in my energy that I am, as if there's a feeling of knowing. And there's a, an anticipation and an expectation and an intention that I will receive messages. And those messages come in forms of um, a voice in my head, I would have to say. That's about the only way I can describe it is. But not an actual voice. No, I don't hear somebody talking. <laughs> but it's my own. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's your thoughts. What are your yeah, thoughts? Your own, right? And the, the, th- more of a thought then. More of a yeah, thought. More thought. When we yeah. begin the, and I, you know, I speak to various people who are in, you know, different levels of learning the Akash, and they say, you know, don't second guess the voice in your head. Mm-hmm. If you have opened the Akash and you've set your intention, that voice is your voice verbalizing what your energy is, is it receiving. Like, is it like listening Take your gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it's a very big gut feeling because you know it to be true. And the more you practice and the more you go into the Akash, the more you, the the bigger is my smile because I know here they come. Mm -hmm. And when I say they, I'm talking about spirits, guides, Mm -hmm. masters, the energy of those who have walked before us, our ancestors. We have an entourage of spirits and guides waiting all around us. Every person has an entourage. Everywhere you go, the energy of your entourage is with you. They're not going to save you without being asked to be saved. And they, they love us unconditionally, and they're here to help us and guide us. And they can communicate through life, through lessons, and through the Akashic Records. And at that moment when you're about to fall down physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and you say, oh, God, help me, that's when they can step in. And when you, con- when you speak and, con- and converse with your guides you receive energetic messages that come in, you know, anywhere that you're receiving their energy, and you translate that yourself. Uh, one example I have is a huge lesson in intuition, and, and my guides talking to me is I was uh, putting gas in my truck, and I had the gas pump plugged in, and I, um, I reached in and I grabbed all the trash out of the truck, because that's where we throw our trash away, and I had my arms full in front of me, and I turned to go to the trash can, and the gas hose was, you know, connected in front of me, and as I was walking towards the gas hose to step over it, in my mind, the words, walk around, came. And I thought to myself, I can do this. And I even said, in my mind, I can do this. And within two seconds, I was flat on the ground. I tripped over the hose. <laughs> I thought I had broken my nose, my forehead. I thought my two front teeth were loose, plus other parts were coming off. I twisted my ankle beyond belief. And it took me a while to recuperate and get up and gather the trash and, and hobble. I was hobbled for two weeks with a sprained ankle. Because you were on our, when you we were on a show previously, this is not the same story. This wasn't the same story. Oh, when you're going to Mount Shasta. Well, that, that's a different story. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you're hurting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if I would, we all hurt yeah. ourselves when we don't listen to our guides. Yeah, that's true. Your yeah. intuition is there. It is a natural, innate ability that we have to communicate with our own higher power. But if I'm not you don't lie. listen, that's happened where it's like, you should yeah. do this. And I'm like, nah. Well, and then yeah. it happens. And, and I, then bam. I've sprained my ankles too many times. <laughs> Some people call that instant karma. Um, I just call it stupidity now because yeah. now I listen because yeah. I don't want to hobble for two weeks. I don't yeah. want to land on the concrete and smell diesel fuel. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. 
and that is intuition. And so when you tune into your intuition and you have a sensitivity to the messages that are coming in, it becomes, they become more loud. And the voice goes away because it becomes a knowing. It's not a believing. It's a knowing. And when you shift from believing in what you're hearing to knowing that you're hearing the truth, it's monumental. Uh, no, well, no. I mean, uh, going back to what you get, like the answers you get, what have you seen? Like, what are answer, what are some of the answers that people are looking into versus what they actually get? Because, you know, there's always, there's always going to be that contrast between what you want and what you need. Absolutely. And the Acoustic Records, to me, seeming like it's like, you know, people come in with like, this is what I want in my life. But mm-hmm. then the Acoustic Records are like, no, mm-hmm. but this is what you're going to need regardless. Right. That's a pretty forward uh, theory that people really are asking the right questions. Because mm-hmm. what really happens in the world is that people have no clue. They are walking through life with trauma that occurred, a lot of it in their childhood, and we don't even know what occurred. And they're going through life, and they're hitting walls, and they're trying to, you know, live their best life. But they have setbacks. Life brings us setbacks. Of course. Some of them repeat. There are cycles where we do great for a month or two or two years, and then we have a setback, and we go back, and we repeat these patterns over and over again. And people ask, why can't I X, Y, Z? How come I always... LMNOP. They don't know how to fill that in, and they don't think there's any answers. And that is as far from the truth as possible. So when you go into the Akashic Records, you can identify the energetic patterns from past life trauma, childhood trauma, drama, um, we, <laughs> uh, ancestral karma. And mm. the way I describe ancestral karma, or what it really is, is an energetic pattern from our ancestors. And in a Christian, Western Christian society, the Bible does talk about the sins of the father following the sins, becoming the sins of the sons to seven generations. And that's a beautiful description of what ancestral karma is. So if my grandmother had a problem with um, an abusive husband, for instance, or an abusive father, let's say, an abusive father, and then she comes out of that childhood and marries an abusive man because that's what she knows to be um, acceptable or that's the environment that she's always been in and then her daughter lo and behold swears she's never going to be like her father and then she goes and, and marries an abusive man again and this is a cycle that will we will continue on and on and through generations until somebody stands up and says no more and that is a that is a physical mental spiritual and emotional choice that people have to make and that's where the struggle begins they don't know why they're attracting this type of person they don't know what's happening you go into the Akashic Records and you identify an ancestral karmic pattern that is repeating in your life. And you're able to, once people realize, oh my gosh, that's what it is. Even things in your childhood. I, I had my own personal experiences. I had, a, I had an energetic pattern of inadequacy. No matter how hard I, was, I tried, I would never be enough. And when I did the work and I went into the meditation to find out what's going on, I was taken to a time when I was six years old. I was first grade, and there was a coloring contest sponsored by the local fire department. And everybody had this picture to color, and then they were all going to judge, and whoever won, you know, they were going to announce it at this event at the Veterans Stadium in Long Beach. And my dad took me. I was so excited. And my dad said, you know, you did such a wonderful job. It's a beautiful drawing, as a dad's going to say. And so I sat there. I was so excited. I wanted to win. I had done my best. And then, unbeknownst to me, They had said something on stage, but my dad said, oh, you didn't win. And I thought, how does he know? And I realized a little later that they had announced our winners on stage now. And there I was sitting in the audience. And so when I turned and looked at the stage and they said, you know, here's our winner, X, Y, Z, I was so stunned and shocked. 
because I had done my best and I didn't even get honorable mention. And I was really hurt. And that was when I was six. Well, that turned into a karmic pattern of my own that no matter how hard I try, no matter how beautiful I think my drawing is, it's never going to be enough. And that stayed with me. And that feeling of inadequacy continued for many years until I found through the Akashic Records that that was a trigger for me. And so it caused me in adult life to not try or to try really hard, but without the expectation of success mm-hmm. and, and, and meeting the, hitting the bar. And that is a, a terrible way to live because we should all live to our best with yeah. an expectation and an intention to do our best and to earn what, what, what we want. Yet, if we don't take control of our intention, we'll never attain what we really want. Exactly. And to attain what you really want, all you have to do is believe you can have it, intend to get it, and then create it. Because we're not just here experiencing life. We are here creating our life. Working in the Akashic Records. When you do your work in the Akashic Records and you set your belief, follow with your intention, which is powering your actions in the Akashic Record, that becomes your permanent record. And that goes out into the universe of success. And so when I say I am doing the work to heal my family and we will be reunited in love, compassion, forgiveness, and gratitude, that is a statement of actual reality that will be realized when the time is ready for all of us. That is in the Akash, and it will always be in the Akash. And now we just have to wait for us to walk in there and get it. Have you worked with any non-believers? Yes, I have a lot. Um, How are they? What is their reaction? Or someone that doesn't believe in any type of higher power or spirituality or anything? When I'm working with a client and I'm going to take them into Akash, I have a pretty good understanding of what their, what their creation story is, mm-hmm. what their level of belief is, what, what do they hold as valuable. And the conversation can shift. So being raised in a, a Christian environment, I have all the lingo. I have the scriptures, you know, chapter and verse in my, in my memory, and I use those in, to help them understand where I'm coming from because it's the same theory. It's just different words. So when I talk about God and spirit, I'm talking about universal consciousness and energy and vibration. I can change my terminology to meet the person right where they're at so they have an understanding that what is happening is real. If somebody does not believe in the Akash, Nine times out of ten, if not 99 times out of 100, they're not going to have a reading. What would be the purpose of yeah, having a reading? Was, that's what I was wondering. Mm-hmm. I mean, if someone was curious. Skeptical. Spe- yeah, skeptical. Skeptical is one thing. Skepticism means I don't believe it, but I, I want to know if it's mm-hmm. real, if it's possible. And uh, when I read Don, Don's records, and he has his own energetic belief, his own practices, his own rituals, and I read his records, he realized that everything that he's doing on the medicine side is also possible on an energetic side without medicine because it's our intention. And there are many roots to the same peace and tranquility. There's meditation, there's medicine, there's chanting. There's Every culture has its interpretation of what we need to do to live our best life. And the, the conscious, the Akashic Records is a universal database, if you will, for every culture. How far a person of one culture will go into the records is based upon all of their life's history, their energetic signature, what they do believe and what they don't believe. A person who doesn't want to believe won't believe, regardless of what their records say. So you haven't read for anyone that never believed? And then... Well, I, or... would, I would have to say that, yes, I have read for people that don't 
believe because they don't know, but they were open to find out. Mm-hmm. They're inquisitive. So They're looking. What was their reaction? Did they were they become a believer then or no? Well, it's a start of a path. Mm-hmm. It's not like all of a sudden the light goes on <laughs> and you have this earth shattering, you know, revelation yeah. that oh no, it is a it is a beautiful silent nudge into a place of harmony in your life. And as the records explain to you or answer your questions or just you sit in the, the space of the records, after we close the records, you integrate that information. And energy comes in that you don't expect. You don't know what to do with it. And you don't even know what it is. But you know that something is different. And then you start to ponder that. And you believe that something is different, which sets your intention to understand what is different. And then you start to do things differently. And then you look back over your shoulder of the last month and you say, oh, wow, that did change. And then they call back. And then we talk about where are we going? What is shifting in you? As um, the administrator and the director of Souls End for Life, I have written a program that is to help people. I use the term to find joy in the midst of chaos. And on our last program, I described that chaos is nothing but change. And in the primordial universe, there was nothing but chaos. There was no order. There was no form. There was no order. There was just chaos. And after the, you know, the blast of energy, vibration, and light came, and things started to take on some form of order, and then the universe is formed, that was the, that was the beauty and the joy after, but within chaos. We're talking about billions of years of chaos, universal chaos, until what we have now is what we have. And that you can look at in your life is that when you have to move from one place to another, that is change. And it can be chaotic. But if you know that what you're doing has value and it's what you've chosen to do and you're moving forward, then you can deal with the chaos because it doesn't shake you off your foundation. Many people, in using their, after their Akashic record, make sense of the chaos. And then they realize they don't have to freak out. They don't have to have fear. They don't have to be worried. They don't have to overmanage or be hyperreactive because they're following the plan and they're okay and they're secure. So when my clients work with me and we work in the Akashic Records, it's helping them understand that they are safe, that they are creating the life that they want. Most people don't even know that they have that ability. They think they have to win something or earn something or look a certain way or dress a certain way or speak a certain way to fit in. And no, what you need to do is determine who you are. And that was when they work with me and in my program, I call it Spirit, I'm sorry, Soul's End for Life, the Freedom Course. It gives them freedom to, number one, be who they want to be, using the Kaushik records to determine who that is. If I want to be a a fantastic cellist, but I have no musical ability, I'm going to live a life of frustration. But if I, through through the Akashic, determining what are my talents, what what do I really want to do, and what am I really called to do, and I realize, oh, I should be a great violinist, not a cellist, or something completely different. That's when you your destiny meets your intention, and then poof, like a rocket. So I work with clients to help them really determine: number one, why am I like I am? What are the pitfalls? How am I suffering? How can I get out of this rat race? How can my life make sense? And we work with I work with my clients to get them to a point where they just accept the past as the past. It doesn't necessarily define them because now's the time to stop. Stop talking, stop walking, stop moving, stop, stop everything that is causing chaos. Look, look inside to see what's going on, and then listen to your guides. Listen to what's coming out of the Akash. And when you do that, we teach our children to stop, look, and listen before they cross the street so they don't get run over. 
And when you stop, look, and listen at your own self through the Akashic Records, you will no longer run over yourself, and you will no longer allow other people's to run up, other people to run over you, because you'll know where you are, who you are, and what you're supposed to be doing. You literally find a path to your destiny, and then you create the life that you want walking on that path. Like, how would it be projective? Someone's like, oh, I want to play the piano. Okay, then the question is why? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to play the piano? What are you trying to attain? Do you want to be on stage playing the piano at Carnegie Hall and, and everybody's going, yay? No, but I'm saying, like, say someone, that's their question. Well, that's, that's, that's also, what is the motivation? So mm-hmm. the, it's not just a matter of let's go on the records and mm-hmm. ask any question. <laughs> let's find out what is your motivation. Mm-hmm. And if your motivation is ego, because I want to be on stage and I want to be yeah. the, the queen of cello, then we have to consider why and the why questions. And mm-hmm. the more you ask that why question like a child, the more you, that individual discovers about themselves, they have to stop and say, why do I want to play the channel? Because I, I like how, how it sounds, because I want to be on stage, or because it, it vibrates deep within my soul and I resonate with it. Now, if something vibrates deep in your soul and you resonate with it, but you don't know how to articulate it, that could very well be a key to your destiny. And when you go into the Akashic Records, you may find that it's not really the cellist you want to be, but you want to create a song, of a beautiful song for others. And then you have to determine what is that song. It could be meaning something else. It could be completely, yeah, completely something, something else. else. And it may, you may get in there and realize, oh, it's, it's, it's harmony I'm looking for. Well, what does that harmony mean to you? What is in disharmony in your life? And we want our, our life to be easy. And, but we suffer from disease, disease being, you know, illness and infirmity. Mm-hmm. And the Akashic Records can help you find where is there disease, not necessarily, I was talking about toe fungus. Well, we'll choose something different, <laughs> but this time, but if you have a chronic condition in your life that you don't athlete's know. Foot. Athlete's foot. Oh, yay. Yeah, we're just, we're just going to stick with the foot. We're just all about feet here. That's attractive. <laughs> but whatever the condition is, the question is not necessarily why do I have athlete's foot? Mm-hmm. The, the question is, what do I need to do? What, where do I need to look to find out what the root is? Do I have, you know, let's go, let's go there. I suffered from nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea for years. Intermittent, nothing mm-hmm. chronic. But it would, I called it my four-day diarrhea diet because mm-hmm. I could not process anything. And, and over time, it was getting worse and more frequent. And in Shasta this year with my dear friends, we... We cleansed it. I found out that what that energy was, was my past, my demon coming up, knocking on the back of my head saying, I'm going to mess with you until you root me out. And it was not, it was a physical, physical manifestation of a really ugly energy that I had been carrying since I was nine years old, 50 years. Okay. There went my secret age. (laughs) And uh, when I went in there and faced it, uh, it was terrifying and it was ugly and it was painful. Yet at the same time, it got rid of the, I faced the energetic pattern of fear and I neutralized it with love. And then I had compassion for myself to know that I didn't know any better. I didn't know this, this situation happened. I did not know what had happened that caused me to suffer from shame for 50 years and it clouded every aspect of my life. And when I met that demon and I vanquished it through the loving embrace of my friends and by using the Akashic Records to find my truth and accepting it and settling into such a blissful joy, I neutralized that negative energy, and I have not had a single bout of that physical manifestation since I cleared the negative energy. And that's one of the most profound things that's ever, it is the most profound thing that has ever happened to me in my life. And when you clear those demons, when you neutralize that negative energy with love, 
and you do it through the Akashic Records, you are not only affecting yourself, you are clearing the path for your children. This is ancestral. I cleared the energetic signature of my ancestral karma, and it now is free to be my grandchildren. My children are free to clear their own. And part of the work is actually already done for them. They don't have to recreate the wheel. They just need to understand that there is a wheel and that they can hop on that wheel and clear it out and not have to suffer the consequences in their own life. How are your kids? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have six children and 10 grandchildren, so I won't take all your time on Mm. them. But I have uh, a one. You can pick your favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, isn't that Uh, a a dangerous path to go down? Uh, the That's beauty. gonna make interesting, like Thanksgiving, very interesting. Like, hey, mom, I heard what you said. <laughs> um, I have a, a really beautiful tribe of unique individuals that have their own energetic signature that complement mine. They challenge my energetic signature. I I was really worried about how they were going to respond when I started this work because I raised my children in the church, and uh, I I knew the first time I had a tarot card reading I was going to get struck because that's what. The church will teach you is do not mess with anything that's not in the Bible. If it's not biblical, you don't need to touch it. Mm -hmm. And that's just, you know, social control over us. And we're not going to go into all that. But when I did start to work with energy, I realized, wow, there are so many answers I've been looking for. And so rather than explaining to them all the nuances and all the details of what I'm learning, I've demonstrated it in the change in my life. And this change has been going on almost, well, four years. And it has been monumental. And it's been forward and backward. Just because you walk into energy work or you use music, medicine, and meditation to clear your air doesn't mean you're not going to get polluted. We live in a human environment, and things do happen. Communication breaks down. People have perceptions that are not resonant, and you have to go away for a while so that you can clear your energy and you can see things clearly. And you can call in answers to very, very difficult, ugly questions. And when you face those answers in their truth and with love and compassion— you know that what you've put out there is only going to call in what's good for everybody. And that's what I'm doing for all six of them because all six of my kids live busy lives with children of their own, careers, focuses, drives, and I'm blessed to know that when the phone rings, I'm not thinking, oh, gosh, what, what, what happened? Because they're all on their path. And, and when they fall and they break their legs or when they skin their knees or they get a bonk on the head— Energetically, I send them love because that's really all they need is love and compassion, not judgment. They don't need me to come and tell them what to do because I did my job. We do sometimes create negative energetic patterns in our children, which we have to really help them clear if, it's, if the door is open for that. And when the door is open for that, I'm walking right in and, and helping them find their own path. Because even though they're my children, they are manifesting souls on this earth here to expand universal consciousness. And they do that in their own unique way from their own unique space. And if I were to read my Akashic Records right now, right today, where we are here, in the human experience, I am in Hollywood, on on Hollywood Boulevard, sitting here with you at whatever the time is. And if I were to read my records tomorrow at the same time, I'd be in a different space in space-time continuum, and the answers are going to be different. So that's the way it is with each individual and the opportunities to learn through the Akashic Records and find the answers that you don't even know the questions to, that completely changes your experience and your manifestation here. Question about uh, whether you were saying, you know, the Akashic Records make you reflect really and going into like, you know, your children, were you able to reflect as a mother? Because again, I'm 
I want to, you know, I think parents cause trauma no matter what. Absolutely. Some, no matter what, you can go mm -hmm. in with the intention of love. You can go with the, such a good intention. But at the end of the day, you know, your, your kid is going to grow up to be an individual on their own. And they're going to process, you know, trauma differently. Did you see that being reflected in the Akasha for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I um, was very young when I had my first daughter. I was 17. And so I made innumerable mistakes. But I also saw how my parenting was filtered through the eyes of my parents. Of course. Yeah. And we all grow up saying, I'm not going to be like my parents. And, and you end up hearing your mother's voice flying out of your mouth one day. <laughs> and even your grandmother's words. And... Sometimes it makes you very angry, and other times you're like, oh, that's pretty cool that that's coming out of my mouth now. The things that I wish I had done differently are myriad, as are most parents. Mm -hmm. Yet I understand that my children, again, are here to learn their lessons, and I'm part of their lesson. Of course. Living as my child is part of their lesson, and as I neutralize any negativity that I created, and I forgive myself first and have compassion for myself, then I can hope that my children will see that and have love and compassion and forgiveness for me too because they have children too. Of course. And yeah. every child is going to get to that age, turn around, look at you and go, I cannot believe you did that. And at the time, we're just living. We're doing the best that we possibly can. The more tools we bring into our field in the energetics, the better off we will be able to neutralize any mistakes and errors we have imprinted on our children. Mm -hmm. And if we are doing our best, and even those parents who are not doing their best, and they're not in tune, and they're not aligned, they're doing grave damage to their children, those children are here for lessons. Mm -hmm. And this is what, this is, it's a part of the gratitude of everything is, is can you have gratitude for somebody who has, has killed a child? How do we have gratitude for that person? Well, the gratitude comes in, number one, acknowledging that they're here manifesting so that they can expand universal understanding of consciousness. And we can very easily say, I am so grateful that I didn't have to come in as Charles Manson. I think I used that in our in Used our it meeting. last time, yeah. Mm -hmm. As long as I have to be grateful mm -hmm. that I'm not the one teaching those hard lessons to people. At the same time, I have to look and say, what lessons am I learning through these negative experiences? So when I walk, you know, I, I use this term, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's an unpleasant experience, but I learned so much by holding on to that and understanding that this is a phase. This is a, this is a short walk down an ugly path, but I will get through it. And identifying those ugly paths that maybe I have created in my children's life, mm -hmm. I can neutralize that energy at my end and be available for them when they are enlightened also and coming into an understanding of everybody makes mistakes. And even people who do things that are awful with intention are still informing the universe in an energetic pattern of what is good and what is not. And as time goes on, although we're in a pretty divisive environment right now in the world, is on a global schedule, scale mm -hmm. and on a, on a domestic scale, we are so learning so much and we are creating new energetic pathways so we can be better. And it is happening and it is... Um, <laughs> It's changing the world because that's why we're here. We're here to express ourselves as manifestations of God. We are, we are God. We are made in the image of God. The image of God is love. Mm -hmm. And if we are living our life in the manifestation as a, a being, a, a godly being, then we are responsible for everything we put out in there, everything we say, everything we think, and everything we do. Because our words basically name it, claim it. If I want to, if I want to be a millionaire, I have to look at my energetic pattern. Why? What is it that I'm missing that makes me want that? If I want to be a millionaire so I can take that million dollars and spread the message, bring it on. 
So your intentions are, are powered by your beliefs, which are empowered by your actions. And that's all the, the theoretical realm of energy. And, and when you run that pattern through the Akash, the Akash will say, okay, down girl, let's, let's pull your ego back and let's see what is your true motivation. And then when you really learn what your true motivation is and the causes, the traumatic causes in your life that have pushed you into a realm that is not tranquil and neutral, you have the opportunity to course correct. And the sooner you correct your course, the faster you can get running forward to expand the beauty of love. Oh, I, I had a, I, yeah, I keep, you can always, um, I keep, I keep hearing, you guys mentioned it the last show, um, Gaia. And I've heard it in like a couple of songs too. I just want, I just want to know like who Gaia is or like what, what is the concept of Gaia? Just because I'm just a little ignorant when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there are Elmingo in our in the energetics that people don't understand. And Gaia is the, gnome, the name, the representative name of the spirit that manifests as the planet Earth. Mm. So when I talked about my galactic name is Dear Hugh, it is a, a, a name that is, I found through utilizing the alphabetic numerology of the Tibetan system. Mm-hmm. And you use, there's a pattern that you follow to spell your name and you get the letters that come out and spell my, what I call a galactic name. It is the name representation of my eternal soul mm-hmm. that is manifesting here. So when we call my, when I call myself Dear Hugh, or when our beautiful Sharon, who is here, that is Esu, mm-hmm. this is the energetic name that we use for our eternal soul. So the eternal soul of the planet is known as Gaia. And that is a spirit who manifests here in agreement with the universal consciousness to hold us in contract, in soul contract, so that the human experience can take place with free will and with an enlightening that we're coming into now where people are returning to the universal energy and expand universal consciousness. And change. we are changing the entire universe because we are the first experiment in human form with consciousness that has free will. That we can do what we want to do, whether it's good or bad. And the closer you get to the light, the closer you come to your enlightenment, the less you want to do those things that are not advancing universal love and consciousness. But Gaia, Gaia is the spiritual manifestation of the planet. And the planet has its own consciousness. And when we speak, we are in, when we talk about grounding, when you go to the beach, you go to the hill where the grass is, and you take off your shoes. You don't even have to take off your shoes, and you are sitting in the presence of the spirit of Gaia. It's a beautiful place where you can neutralize energy. You can commune with. I mean, who doesn't like to go to nature? You yeah. might not like to hike in the in the woods, but in the presence of nature, whether it's beach, lake, river, mountains, wherever you are, there is a resonance our soul has with the energy of Gaia, and that is again, like I said, the manifestation of the spirit here as planet Earth. Um, I have a question about Mount Shasta. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not familiar with it, but I know, I hear it a lot, people going up the Mount Mount Shasta. Shasta. Right. Um, Without going into too much detail, we have a chakra system in our Mm -hmm. body, and there are many, many, the the seven most predominant, your crown chakra, your third eye, your throat chakra, your heart, your solar plexus, the sacral chakra, and your root chakra. Those are the second seven energy Mm -hmm. centers of of our human body. The planet also has chakras, if you will, and Mount Shasta is considered the root chakra of the planet. And as any root system, it is the feeding tube where you exist, where all things that come through you come and settle in your root chakra. There are many different types of manifestations in the root chakra, but ultimately the root is the root. It's the anchor. And so Mount Shasta is a huge, enormous piece of granite, and granite is um, extremely 
I don't know all the properties of it scientifically, but mag, there's magnetic principles. And the energy that comes out from Mount Shasta that goes up into the universe is like a column of absolute power and energy. It's an attractant. Uh, you see spaceships. You can see extra dimensionals there. You have elementals. You have different portals, energetic portals, where communication can come through and go out. I've been to Mount Shasta two times and had amazing experiences there that I never thought I would ever have. Seeing the light of, of spaceships, I don't know any other word to use, moving in a pattern that was not um, a trajectory that was like a rocket. It was definitely not a satellite. It was moving erratically and took off, this bright green light, took off at a speed that I cannot even, it's just nothing. There's, it removed any doubt, and I went from believing to knowing believing skeptically to knowing. So you have the opportunity to come into the energy, which is which changes by the, the moon. I was there this last August when Lionsgate, which is a huge, huge uh, astro, astro, astrological epoch, for lack of a better term, it's just a real hell of a ride to be on Mount Shasta when Lionsgate. And I, my birthday is on August 816, henceforth the at Jennifer Soto 816 is my Instagram address. And so my birthday was just right around the corner, and I'm a Leo, which is not a, probably the biggest shock of your life here. But to be a, myself in Lionsgate in Mount Shasta is when all the energy aligned and the stars aligned to clean my clock. And it was a, a wonderfully painful and scary and beautiful rebirth and a newness that I cannot explain. I can only live and demonstrate to others through my life. And that is all, was all done nestled in the wonderful arms of the Akashic Records. And that change is permanent. Where's Mount? Where is it, Mount Shasta? Northern California. Northern, it's Northern about three California. hours, three and a half hours north of Sacramento. It's about it three and a half Park? hours. It, it's, yeah, it's uh, Siskiyou. Siskiyou. It's about three and a half hours west of Reno. So you can fly into Reno or fly into Sacramento. And or take a scenic drive. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. yes it is. Um, and it's just a, there's meadows and fields and streams and portals and it, it's an experience that I, it's very difficult hmm. to describe, but I recommend it for everybody. There's guides oh, up I'm there that will take <laughs> in and, and explain the energies and the experiences I've had on Mount Shasta I never thought I would have. Well, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Are you very much into astrology? Not in, the, I could not quote. Okay. I can't tell you, you know, I do you, don't. Do you find that with other practitioners, it goes hand in hand? Hand in hand. There are so many different ways and tools. It's a tool, astrology, mm-hmm. astronomy is our tools that we can understand moons. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that recently I realized that in the, in the new moon is the time when we, we plan. And mm-hmm. as the moon phase changes, so does the active energy of whatever we're doing. So if I conceive of a plan in the Akashic Records doing it during a new moon, if memory serves me correct, um, and then during the next two moon phases, I start setting it into my intention. And then I start doing the, the work and doing the action. By the time the full moon comes, I am ready to go. I am ready to launch myself. So there are energetic magnetism, magnetic vibes that come from the, the planetary alignments that affect us. And, you know, when somebody says, you know, the moon over Peridor, there was a movie probably before both of you were born that was talking about the position of the moon in this one country. And everybody went freaking out. And that does happen. We all know that the delivery rates of, or, you know, people go, women go into to labor on a full moon because the magnetic pull, mm. the gravity goes up and the baby comes out in theory. And 
So the moon phases are important to the development as, uh, as humans, and they explain so much to us. We know that the ancients, ancient, ancients had theories about the stars and the moons and the processes that are now explained by science. And so that energy is able to transmit information to us, and we may not know it, we may not see it, but it affects us. It affects us. Want to let's talk about our experience? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys did a session, right? Did yes. A session last week. Yeah, we did a sure. session uh, a few days ago, and uh, well, I don't know really <laughs> how to explain it, but I had a, you I had you do open yeah. up my Kashuk records. Yeah. Tell me how. Um, explain how you felt during the reading. How I uh, how I felt? I would say, well, my eyes were closed first of all throughout the whole reading. Uh, because you recommended that, and I f- felt very calm and felt at ease, uh, relaxed. When you're reading it, when I was getting all the information in, there was some emotion that came into me. Uh, there was a lot of confirmation. For me, you, you, you maybe can explain this, but I, I, I wouldn't say it kind of changed my outlook. It did change my outlook, but it didn't change, you know, a dramatic change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because I came in with an op- open book, an open mind, and I just took whatever you, you know, whatever information was, you know, given to me. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've reflected on a few days and I feel like there is something different. There is something different. You have a different understanding, yeah, different a different under- perspective that you didn't have before. Some of the things you said to me made me more eye-opening more of how I am, I guess, as a person. I'm a very, I would say, a very loving person and uh, open-hearted person. And I think it just opened my heart even more, I honestly. Think, uh, the, just, the way I describe it when we were talking is that you came with an open mind mm-hmm. and you didn't have any expectations. When we talked about, afterwards, when we talked about, can we share openly what you were talked about, mm-hmm. we, I asked you, you know, what are your failures? And you were looking around thinking, well, what if I not really anything, and identified that energy flows through you freely. You don't have these holes or these voids looking for reason and to rationalize your actions or the actions of others, so there's nowhere that you're holding trapped negative energy. And your openness and your love and your tranquility really keeps you in flow state, which is why you have such an easygoing character. Now, we did identify a couple things that that really held tight with you, and that was when people take advantage of you Mm -hmm. or do things to you that they should not do. And because you're very justice-oriented, you put out, and what you put out is what you expect back. And that really is the truth. That's the law of attraction. When Mm -hmm. you put out happiness, you attract happiness. Yet you're going to run into characters and players who are not what you would want, but what is the lesson in there for you to learn? And what was a lesson that you did learn about those characters through our conversation? Thank God I'm not them. Amen. You know? Exactly. So, and that you're not a going around, you know, with a with a hammer hitting people over the head. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I'm kind of a different case though because I'm not like. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very fortunate in my life. I I, I wouldn't say I have any my massive trauma or I've been very fortunate. I've had great parents. I've grown up pretty happy life. I mean. There's some, th- you know, obviously things happen in your life, you ups and downs, but I have an easy way of brushing off things and moving forward. Mm-hmm. And like you said, flow state. It's because you're a Gemini. Like you're saying, <laughs> flow state. And I, I explained it as going with the flow, but then you said, you are the flow. Yeah. And truth. Yeah. So if it's, it's hard. I mean, in my case is a little bit different, I think, from someone that's actually 
looking and seeking and trying to seeking answers because you ask me and then what we explain here you can ask the kosh anything Mm -hmm. open Mm -hmm. book i didn't really have any questions i i honestly what you told me is what i needed to hear and i was very content with that right i do have one question that's something that i that came through that i didn't we didn't talk about and i remember the message was your father is your brother and i don't mean that in the weird sense but to me it was like Wow, what a blessing. Because your brother can be your best friend. Mm-hmm. And sometimes parents don't fit into that role because they're parents. And, and our children don't need best friends. They need parents. But it came through that your father was your brother. Did that, in retrospect, land on you in some way or explain something or mean anything to you? No, I would have to... You know, I... <laughs> Is it, it's almost like an interchangeable relationship. Uh-huh. And maybe that's a reflection. Maybe you reflect to the world... Um, who your father is in some way. Is your father also flow state, tranquil, mover shaker? Or? Not exactly. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like another Akasha greeting is coming. <laughs> like I said, they're, they're more re- you know, on the religious side. Mm-hmm. Um, Catholicism. And, so yeah, you can be different from your father and mm-hmm. still, re- still have a brotherly relationship with him because... Uh, sometimes parents I mean, want their children to follow in their footsteps, and that's it. You step out of that line. You step out of the culture that I've set for well, yeah, you, and it's bad. I, and then there's the others that say, go live your life and report back and let me know how you do. Mm-hmm. As where a brother's going to be like, right on, man. You do what you want. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, I feel like that's how we've become as I've, I've, as I've aged, and, and we've both got older. Mm-hmm. We've developed more of, you know, it's always father-son, but more mm-hmm. of a brotherly love mm-hmm. thing I, as I well. I heard a saying once about when a, a, a son turned 30 years old and said, dad, it's amazing how much you've learned since I was 21. <laughs> okay. Who's, who's really, who's really learning and changing. And I think in this instance that you're free to explore who you are and what you want to do without feeling the long arm of the law. I can't tell dad. I can't tell dad. I can't tell mom and dad that. And, and I know, you know, we have two sons that ride motorcycles and, and it was probably two years after Andres got his motorcycle. They said, Oh, I just want you to know I have a motorcycle. I didn't want to tell you like, it's cool. You can have a motorcycle, but there's that parent-child relationship. Is I don't want to tell you because I don't want you to worry, or I don't want to hear what you have to say. And with your father, apparently, you have a relationship that is so open and understanding that you're free to be who you are without feeling fear to pick up the phone and say, "Like, guess what I'm doing?" Yeah, and that, that, that's why it goes goes back to what I'm saying. I'm very fortunate. I mean, I could be who I am without around my parents and. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always going to think what they want to think, but they're, just, you know, they're always going to love but, me. Yeah, but they accept you. <laughs> yeah, they always accept me and love yeah. me. So, yeah. And that's, the, like you said, love. You know, it's the most important thing exactly. to give to your children. Oh. Um, so, but when I was, when you're reading, doing the, the reading, I was also amazed about how, and I think you get this for probably a lot of clients, like how, how much you know about them, yeah. uh, you know, about how, how much you knew about me of Things that you know, you didn't know me personally. We're your no. stranger, and yeah. all this information coming out. And I was like, you know, I was like, whoa. Yeah, you and know? it's it's a you're in a safe place. The one thing I want to tell people is that when you're being guided into the akash by the appropriate person, somebody who has you have chosen, you feel comfortable with, you are safe with that person. I don't divulge anything that I read with you to anybody else without your permission. Like right now, we're talking about your read, but it's a oh, private permission. I'm sorry. It's a private affair. And sometimes stuff that comes in that I say to like the father, brother, I don't have any idea where that's going or Mm -hmm. what it's going to mean to you. And 
people will sometimes call back and say, can we talk a little bit further about this, that, and the other? And, and I am more than welcome to help them, to, you know, find out the clues and find the path. But at the same time, some people really need deep work. They need to come in. They need to, to work with me to find out where have I been? How do I deal with that? How do I really find out those answers? Because you might have an area of your life that's been highlighted, but you don't know how to clean that house. You didn't even know that house existed. That's when working with me through the Freedom Program, you learn about energy. You learn about light and vibration. You understand a little bit of the quantum physics that explains why the words that come out of your mouth are so important. When you say, oh, I hope I get this, when you say I hope, it means that you're acknowledging that there's also failure 50-50. So you're tossing the cards out there saying, I sure hope I get that, rather than saying, I've set my intention to get that, and it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't mean it was wrong. It just means you didn't need it. Only if you knew that at six years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. A, a quick, quick little analogy is uh, God came to a woman who had a three-year-old, and he said, I'm going to give you a gift. Your son's going to have the intelligence of, a, of, of an adult, and he's going to be able to ask you three questions. You can only ask, answer the question out to what it's asked. You can't go off into a tangent. You can answer three questions, and the mom's like, right on. I'm going to tell him everything that I want to tell him. So the son, you know, wakes up and says, hi, Mom, how are you? And she said, hi, ask me your first question. And he said, why is the, why is the sky blue? She's like, oh, the sky's blue because that's a light that reflects up to, and it comes back clearly, and that's why the sky's blue. What's your next question? He's like, oh, why is the sun yellow? Man. Well, the sun's yellow because of the color of the rays, and that, that's limited. She can't answer. And then he asked, well, and she goes, what's your last question? Make it a good one. And he said, well, why is the grass green? So she said, you know, chlorophyll and reflex green, and, and that was it. And then he went back to being three, and she's like, God, why didn't he ask me something more important? And, and, he's, and he, she said, he said, well, what do you think he should have asked you? She goes, I don't know. I just wish he had asked me something better. And then God said, well, the only real question that we should ask is, what do I need to know? If you ask the Akashic Records, what do I need to know? You're going to get what you need to know. And sometimes it's a little tiny flicker of information. Don't turn left, turn right. And then you come and work with me and we find out what is on the right and what is stopping you. What is in your history? What is in your karma that is stopping you from seeing that right turn and then making that right turn or left turn? It's those nuances that people may not understand right off, but been working with the Akashic Records practitioner, working with me on, on the program, how to, how to find real joy in the midst of chaos and stop creating chaos you don't understand. But that, you know, the, the Akash has nuances like you got, and it also has earth-shattering information for people who need it. Well, that's what you are explaining to me before, and you may hear stuff that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. When I had my first Akashic Records reading and Emily was asking me, she said, wow, I, I see energy like sparks flying out of your fingertips. Do you play the piano? And I said, no, I don't. And she goes, wow, um, you really have these sparks coming out of your fingers. And she said, and I realized, I, and I said, I, I used to play the violin. And after her reading, we were talking, reflecting, and she said, tell me more about the violin. And, and she said, you know, do you still play? And I said, no. And she said, why not? And I immediately started crying deep within. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, what's going on? And I said, well... I played violin in, high, in elementary. I started when I was nine. Nine is an important age for me. I started playing at nine, played through junior high, played through high school. And then when I was 17, when I got pregnant, and I dropped out of school and got married. I lost my music. I lost the violin. And I never went back to it because I was too busy. And many years later, I actually did uh, 
play the violin at, at Fullerton College in the orchestra because I had to get a one-credit class. And it was a rebirth of my music soul. The instructor, I was a good 40-some-odd years old by then, and the instructor asked me, how you doing? And I said, well, I said, my spirit is soaring, but my shoulders are killing me. And I realized that I lost music, and I needed to get back into it. And after the Akashic Records reading, I went to the music store. I took my violin, got a violin tune-up. I bought a music book, and I might have sound like a hinky-dinky, but I loved it. I found my music again, and that music is what I have I will always resonate with it. And it identified for me something that was missing that I hadn't even thought about. And then I had to go back and look at why did I lose that and what happened. It's a door opener. So do you have any final questions? We're almost about time, uh, out of time. So. Um, no, I mean, it's very interesting as far as like... What are you, what's your uh, thoughts now on getting more into depth? <laughs> I'm very open-minded when it comes to... especially. I'm a very spiritual person. I don't know what my definite belief of spirituality is yet because but that's always orchestrated outside like outside elements mm-hmm. what i read so i kind of just take everything as green and rice of course. um but it's interesting and i i can see i can see the answers i can see how people get their answers i mean just today this encounter i really, like I, I'm, I'm a big belief on like the universe talks to you and every time and like there's things that have happened today even in this past interview where i was like okay that's not a coincidence nothing like, is a coincidence yeah like, i was like i was like wait like your birthday that's that one was that one was a weird one for me like i was like whoa okay that's really that's weird I, i'm familiar with that date like it's just a lot of things so again when it when you know i'm I, I'm, a, I'm more stunned as far as like the spirituality aspect that goes into it because again, I feel like the Akashic Records is like this, to me, I'm starting to see it as like the sacred like way to talk back to the universe. It's and, a sacred way to hear from the universe. Yeah. yeah like, and it's a discourse. It's not a one-way conversation. Mm-hmm. When you're in the Akashic Records, the things that you realize, the things you see, the experiences you have, the memories, the energy that comes up is yours and it belongs in the Akash and you have complete access to it. What you do with that information becomes a human experience that can expand your spirituality beautifully. Mm-hmm. I would have to say that you're next for an Akashic <laughs> Records reading. All right. And as a, you know, being up. here today on your radio show, I would like to offer the listeners an opportunity to go to my website, soulsandforlife.com, and uh, read a little bit about my story and uh, send me an information. And those that respond and would like to schedule an Akashic Record read, I will also add a uh, three a past, present, and future oracle card reading, which can help you kind of trigger the, you know, what, what was that and what do I do with it and where am I going with it? And so you can see like a bridge to understanding uh, before or after the Akashic Record. And that when you use the tools together, Wow, it just really sends you into the other side of understanding. And then if you're interested in working with me on a short-term or a long-term basis, I'm happy to. I am a Akashic Life Coach. I help people find what happened in the past, how it's affecting them today, and how could they change for the better in the future. And I'm more than welcome to a 15-minute clarity call or triage call because most of the people that do call me are in crisis. They just don't know it, and some do. And that's when I come in as a, as a triage, an energetic spiritual paramedic and help them stand up, stand straight, be strong, and learn mm-hmm. so they can walk forward. And to clarify, like you mentioned a phone call, you can work with anybody anywhere. Anybody anywhere. I do my readings on Zoom, which I have been doing since mm-hmm. you know, we all we had, had to, to stay yeah. home. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a personal read one-on-one, some people really like that because they can feel a 
deeper set of energy that I admit, and we do some practices like the holding energy. this space and wow. holding your energy and feeling your energy field. I've and been doing that since you guys taught me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? I'm just like, yeah, I just yeah. go like that. I'm like, wait. Yeah, and when you feel your energy field and you can hold it in your hands, that's a beautiful experience. People don't even know how that is. We can also do that on a Zoom, and energy does. energy walks through walls. Energy travels through space and time, and energy is always around us. So let's tap into that energy and find out what it's trying to say to you. All right, great. Any more plugs before we wrap no. this up? <laughs> Those are all my plugs, I think. All right. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you around. Thanks. <laughs> for sure. Thanks, Jennifer. All right. Thank you, guys. You're listening to The Tastemakers. With Zebra and Jeebs. On Dash Radio.